You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. As always on a Tuesday, I speak to the Chief Economist at the Centre for Risk Analysis at the South African Institute for Race Relations. That's Ian Cruikshanks. And Ian, two pieces of data have come out of the South African economy today. I mean, apart from everything else, let me have a look at this. This is from BD Live. .co.za, the Business Day online edition. It says here, manufacturing slump in December, the worst in five years. And it goes on from there. You've obviously read it and you must be depressed. Very. You know, uh, we're not going to go around saying that this is what we've been expecting. Uh, It's worse. And we've had a pretty negative view. But what it says is manufacturing, which should be about 15, 16% of the South African economy, is truly in the doldrums and cannot be looked on as any sort of a rescue potential. But if you look at that manufacturing, just look at ArcelorMittal, for instance. Yes. You know, the biggest steel maker is in South Africa. And uh, they're just, uh, I think one, one can only say they agreed it's going to be challenging and survival will be the name of the game. Let me give you the gory details. It says the following, Ian, according to Business Day. It says here, manufacturing production contracted for the seventh consecutive month in December. Seven months it's been falling. So every time that it falls, it erodes away at an already quite low base. And it says it has fallen far more than economists expected in the month as South Africa experienced stage six load shedding for the first time. Factory output decreased by 5.9% year-on-year in December from a contraction of 3.2% in November. Data from StatsSA showed earlier today. 5.9% is a big, big number. It's a terrible number. It's absolutely shocking. And here we gaily talk about, uh, and then you see the unemployment data. Are we surprised that it's as bad as it is? Uh, just just for the record, if I may go on from there, Certainly. unemployment data, yes, uh, so it came out and it's still, uh, what is the number I saw, at uh, 29%. You know, and, but the expanded definition, that is including those people who've given up looking for jobs but would have one, you know, if only there was one there, uh, that is 38%. So, uh, and, and I went to a seminar today at which there was an economist from Citibank and she said, you know, never mind this. Think of what the problem is that's coming over the horizon. In fact, it's closer than that. They estimate that the youth, put it 15 to 24 years, they're estimating unemployment at 65 to 70 percent. That's outrageous. Uh, that isn't a recipe for a, Yes, that's the word, Lindsay. It, it's a recipe for a huge conflagration, for an explosion. You know, these poor people are now poor, have got no way of earning their daily bread, of, of having living, having decency and, and whatever. It, we're heading for a social outbreak here, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, and that's going to do nothing to improve our ratings or improve the attractiveness or otherwise opposite uh, of ourselves as an investment destination. We're letting our youth down. We've been letting them down for decades now, in, during the apartheid era and since democracy as well. And if the city person is not being just outlandish in order to gain some attention, then 65 to 70% means that there are certain people that are being born today and were born 10 years ago and were born 20 years ago that are never going to be employed. It puts a burden on the state because of benefits, but it also puts a burden on the country because, I don't know about you, Ian, but if I was young and hungry, I would turn to crime in order just to survive. I have to say it. You have to. 
you have to. Uh, my wife was involved in uh, helping one of the, the feeding programs uh, in the CBD, and uh, she said to the chaps, where are you from? Oh, he's just come from the trans Well, why did you come here? There's an opportunity to steal, then I can eat. Brutal honesty, but a fact of life, unfortunately. And, yes. yeah, I don't know what to say. Anyway, unemployment in the fourth quarter, it's very sad. Unemployment in the fourth quarter of 2019 was flat, 29.1% yes. Stats SA's quarterly labour force survey revealed on Tuesday. The first time it has not decreased in the fourth quarter since 2008. It says, goes on to say, using the expanded definition of unemployment, which includes discouraged work seekers, that is, individuals who are unable to work but have stopped looking for a job, the unemployment rate increased to 38.7% quarter on quarter. I don't know, if, if you're Moody's and you're looking to give us a verdict on March the 27th, which is the date, what do you do? It's fairly easy, I would say. If you're delivering the State yes. of the Nation address, as President Sir Ramaphosa is doing in two days' time, what do you do? You have to address this in front of people and be brutally honest about it. That word again, uh, brutally. And yes. if you are delivering the budget, as Tito Mbueni is on, I think, February the 26th, what do you say? You say, this is unsustainable. What a terrible few weeks we have That's in prospect. Yeah, yes, I'm afraid so. And so uh, when you look at the markets, every time the volume builds up, it tilts down a bit further. And, and I think that that's understandable. I cannot make a case for investing in any particular sector of the South African economy in, in the foreseeable future. And this is a terrible thing considering, you know, the balance of, uh, that we've got at the moment. The other thing that is a knock-on effect for maybe years to come, but maybe it's even starting now, is, is tourism. Because I spoke to a, a chap in Amsterdam a couple of days ago. And he said, to, he said to me, where are you from? I said, well, I'm from South Africa. I lived in Cape Town for a number of years and before that, Johannesburg. He says, is it a beautiful country? I said, geographically, it's probably the most beautiful country in the world. And a lot of the people are incredibly, incredibly welcoming and you would have a great time there. I said, are you going to go there? Would you, would you like to go there? I know some places and I can give you some advice. He said, no, I can't go to a country where there is such inequality and such violence and such unemployment. He was a well red fellow and i thought that's really sad so there's knock-on effects to all aspects of the south african economy from the sort of figures we're seeing today that is regrettably true and uh, uh, that is it in the final analysis uh, if you take the scorecard of of uh, where we are regarding social and, and all the other uh, factors which we should be considering we're way down uh, on the world list and uh, I don't know what else to say, except that it's a market where we have to say, when in doubt, stay out. And I think that applies to investing, fixed investment as well. And, and so, so therefore, the inevitability of what you're saying, a tough budget, a tough sonar, uh, and, uh, and a downgrade from, from movies are almost inevitable. Yeah, but maybe it's already factored in and we can we can build from here. I don't know. Hopefully the next three events that I described earlier on in this interview will play out and people will then say, right, let's get on with it. I'm looking at a share called uh, EOH, which as we pre-record this podcast is down 13 and a third percent to four rand 43. It was 170 rand a share at its peak. It's one of the, as one of my commentators uh, talks, uh, talks about, one of the 90% plus club. Again, the word outrageous, outrageous that anybody could have been buying it at 150, 160, 170 and how they were hoodwinked into doing so. And 
then of course there was the Microsoft story. But anyway, the list goes on. It's terrible. Yes, and and perhaps it speaks to another of the problems that we have. Uh, you know, we're not only economically going bankrupt; we're we're facing moral bankruptcy as well because this is a sort of management that we've tolerated that has produced these sort of uh, market performances and some of the results we see. And, and, you know, it's very sad that that's the state of life. Yes, it is. Anything else you're seeing? I know you like to talk about the flows in and out of the Republic of South Africa, whether it be bonds or whether it be the equity market, or whatever it is. Uh, what have you seen in the last week since we spoke? I, I haven't seen, except, well, I've only got the total number, which is net outflow, and, but I'm expecting that that could well accelerate. The only thing that may stop that happening is that so much of what was could have gone out has gone out. And I think uh, that that's poor compensation for what we desperately need. Yes. Um, so the next few weeks will not be defining weeks because almost every time I speak to an economic commentator like yourself, I say, well, this is a really big thing. We have to look forward to this and maybe it will be better afterwards. Do you have any hope that someone will actually stand up uh, and notably the finance minister and the president of South Africa and say something definitive that may give us some optimism? Uh, it's quite—it's very difficult to find that, and uh, and I think that what we've got to do is go back to comparison to uh, you know 1985, 1990, early 1990s, or 85, 95, uh, when we had 10 years of hardly any growth at all, and people kept on saying it can't get any any worse. We didn't get a lot worse, but it stayed along the lower basement level for 10 years. Now, yeah. if we're facing that with with a with a, with a population that's still growing rapidly. You know, it does, does lead one to be a bit despondent. Yes, it does. I actually feel quite depressed now. But um, anyway, the reality is obviously is often rather uh, depressing. Ian, thank you very much for your time, as always. Yes, I just want to say yes. one thing, though. One thing that is very interesting Go on. is that if one takes a, a, a drive through some of the poor, what we call them, township areas, what is interesting is the amount of innovative activities there are, the amount of people working on the world machine in the garage, or somebody you can see them on a sewing machine in their only front room. And wherever it is, at least there are a heck of a lot of people that are probably not counted in GDP yes. that are actually making a living in these extraordinary difficult circumstances. Well, that may keep social unrest at bay. Necessity is the mother of invention. I remember when I lived in Cape Town and I used to drive back from, I don't know, somewhere like Somerset West on the N2 highway. And I could see that the traffic was backed up for kilometres listening to my radio. So I would cut through Kyalicha and I was astounded at the amount of informal businesses that were had sprung up. You know, people cutting hair, people uh, selling, you know, chips and sweets and, and that sort of thing. And as you quite rightly say, just doing things, fixing cars. And as I said, it's necessity and maybe there is an economy that is under the radar that we don't quite understand that is keeping us going i think that is so and as i said just now when the line went down i think that this is what may keep social unrest at bay let's hope so ian crookshanks thank you very much for your time as always that's ian crookshanks who is the chief economist at the center for risk analysis at the south african institute for race relations the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.